specifically from Tower Records. Tower Records, most um, there was an HMV on the Upper West Side, 86th Street. Yeah, right? yeah, and I would I remember meeting people from LaGuardia. Yeah, Upper East Side, but yeah. No, 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 no. There was one on the oh, other. Oh, the West. Okay. There was one on 72nd. There was one on 72nd Broadway, and I would meet I would meet people from LaGuardia. I stole thousands of dollars worth of. Of, of cassette tapes mostly. It was such a big thing that there was that film Hurricane Streets where they actually dramatized the kids stealing from Tower Records. And I guess Tower was cool with that because it is Tower Records in the film. Was- I could never get too much into shoplifting as a kid. I could never really do it because like I had been guilted so hard in church. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could yeah, see. Yeah, I was I was raised so Christian. I I no longer uh, uh, identify as any sort of religion or anything. I'm very apathetic. I uh, was such a yeah. budding socialist that I didn't believe you could harm a large corporation. Oh no, as yeah. a, I'd probably be I, a better shoplifter now because now I realize shoplifting from Target is a victimless crime. I I did it because I thought it made me cool, and I hoped that it would make. Uh, people want to have sex with me. I was with people when I was with people like my friends when they shoplifted, and I was always like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> one time, my friend Kristen, when we were eleven, uh, we were like one of my best friends in childhood. Uh, still keep in touch with her on the Facebook. It's good for that. Uh, but she she stole gum from the hobby shop, and they caught her on the way out because she was eleven, wasn't subtle about it. it was just like. <laughs> to bring this, shoving it in her pockets. To bring this back to wrestling, when I was a teenager and I was too old to feel comfortable paying for wrestling figures, mm. which would I would then feel comfortable with again later in my twenties. Sure, sure, but, but that's, at that yeah. point I wasn't. But I was still perfectly comfortable stealing them from Kmart. So you would just stuff them down your underpants, and ladies would be like, "Damn, Ben, is that an action figure in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me?" Val Venus. Well, actually, Al Val. Snow featuring head. <laughs> uh, man, that, lol. That figure uh, became uh, that figure became worth some money once they banned it because they said that the head was uh, indicative of violence against women. Ah. You know, really, it was more of a blowjob joke, though. It was a blowjob compl- joke. It was completely a blowjob. <laughs> well, job he joke. was walking around with what people thought was a severed woman, a woman's severed head. It was it was a mannequin it head a that mannequin. he would talk to. In fact, if you watch the show, the head held authority over him. The head was his manager. Was this around the time of the popular mannequin duology of films? No, no, as no, well after. This was after. a solid ten years later. Yeah, this was you know ninety nine, two thousand or so. Al Snow is a journeyman wrestler who never quite got a gimmick that worked, and then one day in ECW, he was like, "Well, instead of just complaining, how about I complain to like this mannequin head and like be like, my career's not going anywhere?" And everyone thought it was great, so he just went with it for the rest of his career. Yeah, for the rest of his career. I remember. Uh, well, I watched a video on YouTube of him talking to a bunch of students and he's talking to them about uh, having a finish or having a finishing move Yeah, and he's like how many of you guys have a finishing move and they all raise their hand and he's like you're all lying <laughs> it's not a finishing move unless you've actually beaten anybody with it he's right and, and he's like what's my finishing move and they're all like the snow plow he's like hell no I never beat anybody <laughs> with the snow plow my finishing move was hitting a guy with the fucking mannequin head. Yeah, that's the only thing he lost. Even when he was over, he lost most of his matches. And when he won, it was because he hit people with the head. Um, today we are going to be talking about AJ Lee. This is contesting wrestling. I stole Evan's Please. line. Ha, 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 ha. That You know what? I mean, it's a lot of pressure off of me, I'll be honest. I have to introduce <laughs> every episode. I have to remind myself what we're called. So are we doing... 
we're doing premium AJ now? Premium yes, AJ. Yes, premium AJ. No, I yeah. also deleted the AJ episode, guys. Yeah, no, we we That's also a... have to do mini-sode AJ in um, this session. Right, so. okay, yeah. So You're yeah, watching Contesting Wrestling. My name is... Cut that out. <laughs> Catchy. Got all that out. It is. Oh, it's a toe tapper. No, no, no. Cut that out, Evan. Trust me. It's all uh, on your Twitter, though. Not not the part. Right. Maybe cut out the part. That's a cruel inside joke. It's really hard to cut out the yeah. middle two words of a long Cut the whole thing, thing out. Let's start over. Um, it's funnier when you say cut it out and then he leaves it in. That's true. Well, that's actually, I have to say, I, I uh, do. She'll never hear I wind up leaving it, a lot of that. stuff in that I say, oh, I'm going to cut out on the podcast because then when I'm listening back to it, it's either less horrible than I thought it was, <laughs> or if I was to cut it out, I have to cut out a bunch of other things that would make it not make sense, that and I don't sense. care to put that much effort into, into editing. So this is the premium compliment to the episode that we did on AJ Lee, and uh, the matches that we're watching for this episode are, first of all, AJ Lee against Naomi Knight for the FCW, that's Florida Championship Wrestling. That answers the first question I wrote down, so that's <laughs> okay. good. The FCW Divas Championship. This match was taped on December 10th, 2010, and then it aired uh, in the very small market in which the FCW program aired in Florida. Which I was in. On uh, January 23rd, 2011. You were in FCW? Um, I, I didn't. I would catch it intermittently. It's like, so I would, when NXT, the <laughs> NXTs, the original NXTs were happening, I was like way more excited than everyone else when they announced random FCW guys because I'd seen them. I knew Johnny Curtis was great when they put him on FCW. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I when remember, they put him on FCW. I remember, uh, I just want to point out, Naomi had only, this is very early Naomi, she still had her last name, uh, Naomi had only been wrestling like a year and a half total when this match aired, She gotcha. was, and she was already clearly going to be good, like, I remember watching her first few televised matches when she had had like minimal training like they gave girls before throwing them in matches back then, and like being like, wait, you, you get it already, like, you're not good but, like, she clearly, like, understood the athletic parts of it enough and had charisma. She's clearly an insane athlete. Oh, um, I, I... To anyone who watches her wrestle for a minute. I fucking <laughs> rep Naomi so hard and always have. I respect Naomi so much as a wrestler because she's someone that was, like... She was finally getting to the top of the division back in about, like, 2012 or so. And then the division exploded around her. Then the women's revolution happened around her. And suddenly, she wasn't anywhere near the top of the division. They're like, sorry, the, sorry, the, bar, the bar's higher for you now. She's like, okay. And then got way incredible because that's what she had to do. Yeah, and eventually did get her big moment uh, being the women's champion yes. at WrestleMania. Oh, she'll be champion later. again at some point, I'm pretty convinced. Uh, uh, yeah, given the way she was looking in the Rumble this year. Oh, yeah. She looked incredible. Oh, and her they were, hair they were like, incredible. I love her hair so much. There were gifts going around of her, right? Yeah, that I, yeah, yes. yeah, I saw a bunch of people yeah, sharing the, those. The, she was fucking awesome the, in this match. The black girl yeah. with the very natural-like hair. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was yeah, yeah. That's, that's her about eight years on. <laughs> you know? Damn. So at this point, <laughs> she was uh, one of... She was the inaugural um, FCW Divas champion. Right. She had won it in a tournament. She beat um, Serena Deeb, I think, in the final really? of the tournament. She had had it for about six months until this match with AJ Lee, where AJ beat her. Yeah. Um, before they had the FCW Divas title, and yeah. uh, uh, B, you might talk a little bit about this, 
the so only stupid. the only championship that the women had in FCW was the queen of FCW Tiara that they so hustled stupid. for. It was basically belt, a beauty queen. The belt title. looked stupid. The FCW women's it belt. Was it's pink and it's tiny. tiny. Yeah. It's not even the color. It's so little. It's like insultingly small. Like you're a tiny woman. Here's your tiny toy belt. I actually I still hate the divas one even more, but uh, the, the the FCW one was pretty bad. And the queen of FCW thing was still around at this point. It was. You yes. see Rosa Mendez with it. Is that who that was? Yes. There, there's a there's a parade of the divas in FCW that comes out at the beginning of the match. Yeah, uh, um, I know um, Caitlin was Caitlin, one of them. She was very fresh. Oksana was the ring announcer, and, she, and that was not great. Uh, was Raquel? Was Ra- uh, Rachel Diaz out there? She might have been Raquel I think Diaz. She, yeah, was it Rachel or Raquel? Raquel. Raquel. It was who, Raquel. Okay. Who is Eddie Guerrero's daughter and who, Vicky's daughter too? And Vicky's daughter yeah. as well. And who ended up being the longest reigning FCW Divas? Yeah, team. she didn't stay around. You could tell though she had clearly gotten her mother's talents because v- Vicky and Eddie are talented in two very separate ways. Raquel was way more Vicky than Eddie, and I mean that in a very positive way. Like she was, she had that same like shrillness. <laughs> so I did watch a bunch of FCW because even though I wasn't in the TV market, I would torrent it. Right, and right. when people actually uploaded it, which was sort of inconsistently. <clears throat> I'd be able to watch it. And uh, I saw some of Raquel Diaz there. And I think also she left and came back and was in NXT for a little while as well. And I thought character-wise she was amazing. I don't really remember her wrestling very well. I went to a couple FCW live shows. I I met and got a picture that I no longer have with Christian at one of those shows. He was so nice. Uh, (laughs) um, I remember you'd go to those shows and you'd see the guys they just signed uh, working crew. Biggie was working security. Derek Bateman took and ripped my ticket. Wow. Yeah, Biggie was working security, yeah. All right, let's uh, let Evan talk. Oh, um... Fuck a, Evan. I, no, I'm sorry, Evan. Please don't no, fire me. No, no, it's fine. I'm not... I don't have hiring firing power on this. Uh, at least I don't think you're I do. You're the referee. Yeah. Oh, Evan, you're fired. Uh, oh. oh or disqualified. <laughs> there disqualified. we go. That's better. Yeah, I was like, refs don't have firing firing power. That yeah. seems like... Um, I honestly, man, I just fucking like this match. Like yep. I, this is one of those matches where I didn't take a lot of notes cause I was just watching it. And my last note was, could have been longer. Yeah. It possibly, wasn't very long. Possibly the first match we have watched that I have felt that way about. I think, uh, Naomi and AJ had quite a few matches over this title oh, after yeah. this one. This was the first one that I found on YouTube when I looked for them. Mm. And I think looking at a bunch of them afterwards, I think this was actually the longest. Um, But uh, Naomi and AJ was the first AJ Lee match I watched during one of the random FCW episodes that I caught. And I was immediately like liked them. I thought they were great. Our friend Jason, the first time he saw AJ Lee, he just completely (laughs) fell in love. And um, he knew. He knew, he knew, but yeah. Oh, I, I knew too. Um, but you definitely, it was very definitely apparent to me in watching this that this was definitely a different kind of wrestling match than we were seeing mm-hmm. from the women on the main roster at all. Um, I had a I had a tangential thought, mm-hmm. like some something that was sort of a meta thought about wrestling that uh, that occurred to me while I was watching this. Um, one of the commentators. He says a line that's kind of a that's a dumb line, which is he's like, oh, she's a little quirky for me, 
when AJ comes yeah. out. Oh, who was that announcer? But he made I me don't so know. mad. He, was he made me dick. so mad. Yeah. He was like he was like trying to do Lawler, and he but but the part but like even by then Lawler was tired, and he's he's not as great as Lawler, so he can't get away with it. He was like. That's not the kind of girl that I would date in high school. And then the other guy was trying to call the match. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what it had me thinking about was um, I have been trying to suss out the the similarities and the differences between wrestling characters and, like, comedy characters. At one point in my life, uh, I spent a lot of money at an improv and sketch theater in New York City and learned some valuable things. And uh, a lot of dumb things that now just take up space in my brain. But uh, one one thing is, you know, the basic concept of a character, um, of a comedic character and the character game. Uh, you know, the an example being, uh, you know, you're watching Kids in the Hall and the crushing your head guy when he goes, <laughs> I'm crushing your head. That's the, that, that he's he's hitting his character game. The. Um, uh, you know, the Black Knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Every time he loses a limb and he's like, I'm just going to power through this, <laughs> that is his character game. Um, and, you know, the character game is, is the chorus in the song that is this character and their action. Yeah. Now, at first I was like, oh, wrestling characters, it's pretty much the same thing. One-to-one ratio. They come out, they do their thing, that's, that's the thing that you want. But it is... It is. It's a seems a little more complicated than that. It's a more complicated. Uh, it's because the wrestlers often don't necessarily have just one thing yeah. that is their deal. Um, and it also got me thinking about the role that commentators play or don't play if they are not good uh, in establishing those characters. And I guess I was just going to ask you guys, like, what do you feel that there is a big role that the commentators play, or is it, like, sort of just left to the wrestlers oh, to the establish their characters? Or what, They what's... certainly can. Uh, commentators can be very important when establishing characters, especially if the wrestlers aren't doing it themselves very well. <clears throat> if you're a very good wrestler, you can do it all yourself in the ring, silent uh, theater style, but especially in a place like FCW where everybody's still training, you kind of want good commentators. Unfortunately, you also get commentators in training uh, at FCW, which is where you get, like, the guy who was trying to be way too straight and the guy who was trying to be way too skeezy. It also depends what kind of fans you have and whether they're good at yeah. picking up on subtle cues and stuff like that. But in, w in wrestling, when you want people to get the idea, <laughs> you know, you're not really expecting your audience in most wrestling organizations, in WWE in particular to be particularly savvy or sophisticated or um, paying very close attention to things, you they, they try to make things as obvious as possible. And for a television audience, that's what the commentators are really doing. A lot of the times, they're just stating the obvious. Yeah, and a bad commentator can, like, ruin a match. Like, that guy, that guy was almost ruining the match. Like, a guy that's just talking to himself because he likes the sound of his own voice can ruin a match. Yeah. You know, if you watch this match, like, okay, you know, AJ's wearing these, like, high-top Chuck Taylors or whatever. Yeah. You might get the idea that she's kind of a geek or kind of a tomboy or, like, something like that. But it's not 
obvious, right? Um, no, it's only obvious if the only other women you ever interact with are like models. Right. Who all yeah. act like models on television. To us I, who have grown up with normal women. Right. <laughs> She's a, a woman. I, I will say, yeah. like, if I didn't. Uh, know that she had the whole like that they had really pushed the she's like crazy mm-hmm. angle like for to me AJ Reads is just like everyone's kid sister kind of right. I get big yeah. kid sister energy from AJ Lee by like, the way she really is kind of rail thin at this time yeah and in her autobiography she talks about how she was having a lot of trouble uh, buying food like she oh, was very poor man. she had spent all of her money she had borrowed money from her sister in order to pay for this one WWE tryout yeah. and then she had to move down to Florida and like this was a really really tough time in her oh, life at, at the time if you had just a developmental contract like sometimes you'd be making four or five hundred dollars a week and like you know that's you, you'd be living in the Tampa area you'd have to drive yourself back and forth you'd have to get all your own gear and get yourself to all of the shows <laughs> And uh, it's really like it was a problem. Um, people in developmental who don't have any cachet behind them still don't make a lot of money, no, but they, they make a full time living that. now. Yeah. 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 I will say, you know, this match, like they do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, they're both very clearly athletic. Uh, AJ, I think, has a presents a, a really good idea of being a ring general mm-hmm. and uh, working the match. Their timing still needed. Some work. They still needed to get some reps in, I think, before it got yeah. really clean. Yeah, Naomi is pretty, pr- like, really green here. Like, she's fine, but she's just little things. She, she misses needs to clean it up a little bit. She misses point. the top rope when she goes to run the ropes and falls out of the ring. Like, uh, that's def. That wasn't something they planned to do. She yeah. reached out to run the ropes, and this is a thing that can happen when you practice. And her instead of. You know, putting her arm on the top rope and leaning back, her arm went under the top rope, and then she leaned back, and then her head went out of the ring, and then the rest of her body just fell out of the ring, because that's what happens when, you know, you miss the top rope when you're trying to run the ropes. Right, it happens. It happens in training. This is why you do it. They wrestled a a very basic style of a match. None of them did any, like, really flashy moves. There was was one big spot where Naomi does, like, a Tigre roll from the apron into the ring, and... Um, she goes for something and AJ reverses it into like a slick knee strike. Yeah. That was kind of a cool spot. But beyond that, yeah. Right. And, and I don't simple. mean to insult the match by saying that. I thought I thought it was very good for what they were doing also. I thought it was great for Naomi's experience level. People don't realize how little a year and a half gets you in wrestling. And I would imagine part of why you'd like drill falling so much is that if you do fuck up or if somebody else is throwing you and they fuck up or something like that, yeah. it's just sort of ingrained in your body how you can fall you can you can deal with an unexpected situation and still come out of it hopefully not injured um, exactly you, you learn to fall like a cat you know it's not so much it's a move that you do to onto fall. somebody's stomach um, claws out and then jump <laughs> off of them leaving them on the couch uh, with mac and cheese all over because they spilled it because my fucking cat did, sorry keep going did you watch raw last week no i'm, no. I'm joking uh, yeah uh, but i mean obviously like cats don't fall on their back they fall on their feet but you fall like a cat in that you fall in a super like in a very natural fashion so no matter what angle you're falling at you know how you're going to hit the ground and how to minimize the impact of it or how to like turn and roll with it so the thing about raw i haven't been watching raw just because i haven't been liking watching raw and but i wanted to see i uh, wanted to see the edge segment you know, and of course on Raw they played uh, they played Edge's theme song dozens of times. On the street, yeah, yeah, the by Alter Bridge. Oh, you know, you know, earlier you guessed it. it was like Creed with a different singer, and it was Alter Bridge. You know what the name of that song is? No, what? 
Metalingus. Is that like if you were to go down on Cunnilingus? Um, Wow, that's think, interesting. Oh, oh, metal, 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 metal language. The language so of metal. Uh, so you're, it's uh, like you're filleting a pole, a metal pole. Uh, <laughs> I, or a I, robot. I, I did not hear that L in there. Metalingus. Metal, yes. li- I thought that's what happened nah, between you, Data man. and Tasha Yar. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what you do with your Marilyn Monroe bot. There. <laughs> Excellent. Um, uh, yeah, but I got through. I got I through the whole thing. I just put a flashlight right. on my Roomba, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then get my nuts all dusty. You, you yeah. gotta make sure a, yeah. it's not like post poop fiasco Roomba. Did you know about that? Are you pooping in a in your Roomba? No, you no, shouldn't no, no, do no, no, that. No. Apparently, if it's you just have like the... one of the auto, those one of the automated robot Roombas, when you're not home and like it it senses poop, it'll go try to clean up the poop, but smear poop everywhere. And this is a thing that happens regularly to people. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, no, Hold look on. up Roombas. Will trying... it like attack the cat's litter box or something? Yeah, no, no, no. Like it, it won't go after the litter box, but if you have like one of the good Roombas that's like robotic, but it, and it just will go after it, your ass, like. They no, no, no! If you you have like a dog or something, and the dog poops on the floor, and ah. you're not. Oh, okay. We're all cat people there here, so go. none of us well, thought a dog. Because when you were like, because <laughs> I was like, a well, unaware of the... a dog here who does eat cat poop out of the litter box and then and drops some of it on the floor. Uh, so keep and then your... poops out cat poop. I just keep your Roomba away from that. Then I just I just in my head I was like the Roomba like could sense. She could just sense poop, and then so like if sense you were species, if yes. you were taking a shit in your house, the Roomba would come and be like, "That's fucking mine now," <laughs> and like fight you for it. And you're on the oh, toilet, boy. and like you're and it's just it's, ramming into your, your asshole. Your, your over pants and over. are around your ankles. You're trying to fight the Roomba, but you can't. You can't get up. And, and, and then you imagine then, it could like project a funnel out of itself yeah. so you could just shit into it wherever you were. I mean, that is what That's the new Roomba is. You know who I blame. Who the, Paw Patrol. the Paw Patrol. Is, the, it's those, John yeah. Cena and his <laughs> and his fucking band of snitch dogs. Snitchmations. Yeah. So back to the match between AJ Lee and Naomi Knight. Um, a- AJ Lee does the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she had already been using it that far back, but she wins the match with a standing slice bread number two. Yeah, which was very good. The announcer was very uh, very enthusiastic about the. Is it, is it called two. that because it's the best thing since sliced bread? It's exactly. Like new, okay, cool, Named by sure. the great yeah. Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, I, the octopus maneuver always looks so cool. Yeah. Whenever. That's what it's called, right? That's what they refer to it as. In that's this. what they call it. She called it the Black Widow. Um, yeah, I guess it's when you have the leg over the head, it's oh, the yeah, octopus. Yeah. It's, yeah. Per, it's a perfect submission hold for a tiny person because yeah. like, you put all your weight, like all your weight on the other person and you wrap yourself around them and you get their limbs in such a way that it doesn't matter that they're bigger than you. Anything they move makes it hurt more. You know, it's it's, it's a shame for a lot of reasons that intergender wrestling was not happening in the WWE for a long time. But man, yeah. what I would have given to see a match between AJ Lee and Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah. Mm. What I would have oh, given sure. to see a match between AJ Lee and The Big Show. Yeah, that really. also would have been that also would have been great. Well, we you are, remember we when the Big Show ran AJ Lee down uh, when he was feuding with uh, Daniel Bryan, right? Remember that? I, I mu- that must have been during a point I was checked out. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, they uh, they had a uh, they had that whole angle, and AJ was on the outside, and Big Show was running, and AJ got in the way, and oh, that's right, he just right. crushed her. Yeah, no, it's great. He be, be knocked AJ down, and then Daniel Bryan like started yelling at him, like, "Look what you did, you idiot!" And then Big Show started crying. You know, wrestling. Oh, I remember the crying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Because he's um, like, I don't know my own strength. I'm sorry. You know. I did see a um a, a random Facebook video that somebody yeah. posted of like actual, or not actual wrestling, but like of uh, amateur wrestling. Yeah, I amateur wrestling. Or Olymp- that the, the, yeah. the kind that those amateurs. Fake wrestling. Those kinds, <laughs> the bullshit wrestling they do with the bullshit Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics <laughs> also are rigged, the folks. Olympics. Oh man! Um, and, the Olympics uh, are affixed it by is. the Paw Patrol. It is. I look. The here's one thing that's great about the Olympics is that it's a great time for a lot of very awkward young people to fuck each other's brains out in another country. Oh yeah! Apparently, <laughs> so, it is a good, grand. Good that's old like time. birthright. Israel birthright. Right? <laughs> kind of, uh, it's like birthright for really uh, for the best athletes in the world. Um, and. Um, uh, you saw a clip going around yeah, of some you. amateur wrestling. Thank you. Uh, I think I know the clip. It's, it's very, been going viral. Yes, it's very impressive <laughs> yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's very. Um, it, was, it was a couple of lighter weight guys really going around each other and like yeah. like fiercely trying to wrestle each other to the mat. You know, um, very good pro wrestlers can do that and make it look real. Uh, but if if it's quite their style, uh, matches between Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit famously had long sequences with that, That's, you know? I, I would like to one day, once we've run out of interesting wrestlers to yeah. do episodes about, maybe do something where we talk about like the, the, the similarities or differences or, you know, I, influence I've, of amateur wrestling and watch some like actual, some of that. Some of the, yeah. Maybe watch Kurt Angle win his Olympic gold medal oh, or yeah. something like that. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. With a broken freak neck with yeah. a broken freaking neck freaking neck so i just wanted to point out that aj ended up holding this uh fcw diva title for four months until she was beaten by oksana who unified the title with the queen of fcw crown uh there were only a handful of fcw divas champions before they transitioned to NXT. Right. Yeah, I mean, FCW is basically prototype NXT. And when you watch it, it's very, it's clearly like very similar to what became early NXT when NXT stopped being the, stopped being the uh, reality game, show. Reality show. Oh, we got to show Evan the first se- season of NXT. We got to do three separate NXT. Sh- no, or four. No, because the fourth one. No, there was five. The fifth one. We should do ended. maybe the first season and the then maybe season. the women's season. Yeah. If anything, no, we, we should do all of them. Well, the, we should we should we should, we should do the first season and see how it goes because yeah, the first season is actually season, very yes. interesting. By the way, did you notice uh, they mentioned what the main event for this FCW show was no, going to be? No, I did not. What did they well, say? What was it? Colonel Damian Sandow, which I have not <laughs> seen, and I want to know what that's all about because I love Damian Sandow teaming with Titus O'Neil against Richie Steamboat and Seth Rollins. Oh, uh, Richie Steamboat. Richie? Apparently he was good, but Bur- didn't, he, didn't he get out or get yeah, injured? He, he's Ricky Steamboat's son. Oh, by the way, there's a thing about that in one of the other matches. Yeah, yeah um, there is. Yeah. Um, um, he's Richie, Ricky Steamboat's son. He was good, and then he got injured and then just was never heard from again. I don't know what happened. I think yeah. he got real. I think he got, like, career. They they, they uh, suggested retirement, and he went with it. Yeah, he was still very young. Spine they were like, stuff. maybe you could do I'm something sure. else with your life. And he was like, ow, I guess I'll do something else with my life. And that's perfectly valid. They keep um, telling me to do something else with my life. It's unusual to have a nickname and also a made-up last name. That just seems weird. Ricky... The Dragon Steamboat. Mm. Only one of those things 
is 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 a name. I don't know. Like I, it's, I just maybe that's nitpicky. Well, Steamboat is very special. It's, it's supposed to be his real last name, although it's not. His name is right. Richard that's Blood. my point: yeah. is that it's clearly his not. His name is Richard Blood, which seems like a much more Whoa, appropriate wrestling name. So metal, Richard the Dragon Blood. Well, uh, uh, yeah. his name is Dick Blood. He actually yeah. started wrestling as Dick Blood in the seventies. Uh, and then he had to stop because his name was Dick Blood. Okay, I didn't right. know if I wanted to say hot or metal there. So, <laughs> so let me set this up a little bit. We decided, you know, in the AJ Lee episode, we watched the match where she was the referee for uh, CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan uh, for the WWE title. So I thought uh, because there aren't that many really long AJ Lee matches, she wasn't around for that long. And she, they weren't giving the women time. Like I wanted to mention that. You said like, oh, the, the AJ Naomi match could have been longer. Like that was a long match for the women on television yeah, at that time. They regularly uh, would get like two to three minutes because so many of them could barely work. Right. And, and the and AJ be... Page match we're talking about was right. like two and a half minutes long. And if, if you'll notice, they have all the other like women's in the division out there because there wasn't going to be another segment on the show with any women in it. So that was just all they got. So I thought we could talk about another CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan, then Bryan Danielson match. So yeah. this is the very first match between Punk and Danielson from Ring of Honor Reborn Stage 1 on April 24th, 2004. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube on Ring of Honor's official uh, YouTube channel. And the reason why it is ROH Reborn is it's because it's shortly after the uh, Rob Feinstein scandal, which Woof. we've mentioned to you before. What, what he was the guy again? who was caught on to catch a predator. Oh, right. Yeah. Straight up, like, got had by someone claiming to be a 14-year-old yeah. boy on the internet. Oh, my. Uh -uh. To which his response was the infamous, uh, Doc, you take it. Uh, lol, I'll pretend you said 18. Verbatim. Wow. Ring of Honor yeah. and right. sex crime. Well, they, they got him out of the company pretty promptly after that. I I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope that there wasn't a meeting like where some guys were like, I don't know, Rob's all right. Like, he was still in business doing RF video for a while. Still after that. He's still in business doing RF business. video. It's almost as if there's a systemic problem when it comes to prosecuting well, sex offenders. I, I, will, I will also say most of the major wrestling... Uh, and medium wrestling companies just don't do business with them anymore, and they haven't for, you know, basically since this. Uh, but he has such yeah. a backlog of stuff that he owns, and he produces, like, shoot interviews, which are pretty seedy in the first place anyway. So that's what his business model mostly is. Uh, but, yeah, don't look for him to be on any upcoming WWE Network specials or anything. His name is going to be about as erased from history as it can be. So uh, Ricky Steamboat is the referee for this match, and there was a short period of time where he was a personality in Ring of Honor, he didn't have any actual matches. Yeah. Um, so earlier in this show, he was supposed to be the referee for a match between CM Punk's friend and tag team partner Colt Cabana and a guy named BJ Whitmer. And so the story is Punk comes out during that match and jumps Steamboat and takes him out. Also, so Cabana comes to the ring wearing Steamboat's like old gear, like he'd wear like a karate gi holding a Cabbage Patch doll, which is supposed to represent WrestleMania four when Ricky Steamboat came out with his infant child. Richie Steamboat. Richie Steamboat. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, he was literally born into the business. Um, so they were making fun of him in that way. Punk jumps Steamboat, so he can't be the ref for that match. So then he comes out at the beginning of the Punk Danielson match, and he's like, Ring of Honor paid me to ref a match, so I'm going to ref this one to the chagrin of CM Punk. 
who's a big heel at the time. He's having this feud. Uh, I don't know exact what exactly was the nature of his beef with Steamboat. Do you remember? I, I don't. I don't. I I did like that. Um, that there was that whole sort of storyline throughout the match of him and him yeah. and Steamboat having beef, and you kind of go and focus on it. It would. It almost felt like not a triple threat at times, but just that there were yeah. you know mo- there were multiple antagonisms well, happening. They would have wanted to have a match between Punk and Steamboat. Steamboat had had a specific insurance settlement where he got a big old payout if he wouldn't if he would stop wrestling matches. A lot of guys of his generation got that, like the a Lords company of called London. A, Lloyd's of London. Lloyd's yeah, that they, they would get a, a clause in. The their insurance saying that if they suffered um, a career-ending injury, then they could cash out for some, you know, insane amount. Except a career-ending injury to to a rest to a, most athletes is like a regular everyday injury to a wrestler. Like if you're a football player and you tear your ACL, you might have your career be over. If you're a wrestler and you tear your ACL, you're out eight to ten months, so and then it, you just come back. So if you get the settlement from Lloyd's of London and then you wrestle another match, they sue your ass, right, for insurance uh, fraud. Wow. But it's not specifically that you can't do anything physical. Him and Punk did have a couple of fights in Ring of Honor that weren't like official matches that have physical confrontations. Eventually, Steamboat would have another couple of matches many years after yeah. this for the WWE, who got a couple of the Lloyds of London guys to have matches, and I'm sure they paid big for it, the exactly. WWE, that is. Yeah, they yeah. would pay it off. Yeah. And I, There was a story about Rick Rude asking Eric Bischoff yeah. to pay off his Lloyds of London thing so he could wrestle in WCW, and Bischoff wouldn't do it. I, I heard, and I'm not quite sure if this is substantiated, I heard that Road Warrior Animal, when he had that little comeback in like 2006 or whatever, Whatever it was on SmackDown, his deal was that he couldn't have the rigors of singles matches, but he was allowed to wrestle in tag matches. Interesting. Which I mean, if you know anything about wrestling, you know that's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, that's, that's completely ridiculous. But that's why he always had tag matches. He needed a new Road Warrior, so they got Heidenreich, or he was in Battle Royals, or whatever. Right. That's hilarious. You know, <laughs> if you know anything of yeah. If you know anything about the Road Warriors, yeah. you would know that that was a really bad deal. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the animal was always a tag team wrestler. But I wanted to say to you, Evan, uh, I remember during the uh, main feed episode about AJ, you had commented that you really liked the dynamic of having a referee in a match yes. who has sort of their own prerogative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this was another thing along those lines. No, I totally. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought this was I thought this was a good match. Um, I. I didn't like it as much as the other one, just because honestly, I mean, they yeah, me neither. They were not as experienced. Like you could yeah. tell, they were they were both really good. They were both impressive, but like I could, you could tell that they were both like twenty, and you know, <laughs> um, and there just wasn't as much of a story. Like this match went right. on, I felt a bit long. That's most um, Ring of Honor matches at yeah. the time. I mean, the, um, the main story that was being told was around well, number one, CM Punk's problems with Ricky Steamboat. And then number two, at some point in the match, Punk does a split leg moonsault. Danielson puts his knees up and uh, Punk catches it in the midsection. And Danielson works the abs, which is not something you see all that often, eventually defeating him with the abdominal stretch, yeah. which is thought of as sort of the most like routine, one of the most routine, boring wrestling holds, but they work it in such a way that you sort of believe huh. it as the finish. Yeah. It was actually Bret Hart's finisher in Canada at the very beginning of his career, and it's involved in one of my favorite moments uh, in Brian Danielson's career ever, where he's wrestling, um, he's wrestling Alex Shelley at a show called um, Arena Warfare. 
there was a feud between Ring of Honor and the uh, hardcore wrestling company, CZW, Combat Zone Wrestling, and they actually did a show where they divided the arena so that half of the seats were for CZW fans and half were for Ring of Honor fans, and then they did, they did a doubleheader show. So the CZW fans are there watching Brian Danielson's technical wrestling match, and they start chanting boring, and he goes... Oh, you want boring? It's abdominal stretch time. And he puts it on. And that was when I knew he was my favorite wrestler. I, I love he would put someone in the abdominal stretch and then like smile at the crowd and, and, and just wait. And then the crowd would start chanting boring. And then the crowd would start booing. And then with his free hand, he would give the crowd the finger. And That's fantastic. He's just so brilliant. Um. I had, uh, all right, so I had uh, a simple question that then will lead to another yeah. meta question. Uh, how tall is Brian Danielson? I mean, I saw him up close once. He's about an inch and a half shorter than me, so he's only about six foot nine. No, I'm, I'm joking. He is about <laughs> is. an inch and a half shorter you than are, me, so he you must You are be. freakishly gigantic. <laughs> look, People if, don't realize look, that. Look, if, if you're a five foot three man in wrestling, you're, you're five foot eight, damn it. It hey, says yeah, so on your I'm roster five page. Eight, all right? So, <laughs> it says so on your roster okay, page. Okay, so here's, let me let me tell you a story about that. I'm actually five eight. I remember the first time you're I went into. Really? I, I am five eight, yes. You see, I you yeah. just you have a you have a taller man's energy. I have, I have a lot of I have a lot of presence it's and the, the hair butt. It also. Sticks, it's yeah. the butt. It sticks out so, so far. When I first went to wrestling school, uh, the first wrestling school I went to was, was with uh, Johnny Rods, you know, WWE Hall of Famer in Brooklyn. Hi, Johnny. I'm sure you're not listening, but uh, we uh, I'm about to tell you a story. Uh, I he said, "How tall are you?" And I said, "I'm five eight. And he did without missing a beat. He looked at me. He said, "You're five ten." I said, "All right, I'm five <laughs> That's how wrestling. Works. I remember yeah, yeah. my dad being like, "They have lifts in their boots," and maybe some of them did. Oh, Jericho have, sure did. I have about a three quarter lift in my boots. <laughs> nice, got. custom yeah. made. They're very nice boots. <laughs> but it was I, uh, also just inflation. Just right. I, by I, fiat. I was uh, I was about five ten for most of my life, yeah. and then over the last years, I've like fixed up my posture and done all stuff. I'm about five eleven, and now being five eleven, it is in many ways the most tragic height because it is a height at which many people will say to you, "Oh, you're tall," and you'll always think deep down inside yourself, "I'm not actually tall." Yeah, you're not <laughs> six feet. Yeah, there, there was some meme where it's like, uh, I don't know. It, it might have either been the Drake meme, the Drake meme, yeah. where he doesn't like the one thing and then he likes the other thing, or but it, it was like, girls, if you're five eleven, if you're a guy who's five eleven, versus girls, if you're a guy who's six feet. Oh, I, I hate girls like that. Yeah. Um, like everyone's allowed to have your, their preferences. Uh, by I'm the way, afraid it might uh, be kind of uh, true. By the way, Drake likes to groom young girls. Oh yeah, yeah, it's real <laughs> fucked up. It's real fucked up. Yeah. Um, lots of uh, underage female celebrities that he texts about their dating life. It's he's not, not it's that not okay. good either. Yeah. Also, I don't get the I don't you get know. the thing. Uh, he's, hot, he's hotline a... Bling is like the least energy I ever heard yeah. anybody put into a song that became massively he's popular. Had, he's had a couple catchy tunes, but I prefer a lot of his contemporaries. D- Drake yeah. grooms teenage girls. Just so we're clear. The larger question that I had, um, I'm not trying to take, I'm, no, 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 I'm not trying to steal thunder from that. No, 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 no. go on. Well, I just, Drake. It's, it's just no. a message that has but, to get out. No, 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 yeah. I just wanted to get the message yeah. out yeah, no, on it's record. Good. It's good so to answer your question, um, Brian Danielson's about five, six and a half. So larger question. And Punk's a little taller. Um, yeah. How much do wrestling fans care about stats? 
like, not, not that much. Just, not, it not depends just on the fans. Weight, not just height and weight, but you know, all, all like the Ring of Honor fans at the time cared a lot. Mm. Hardcore wrestling fans care about stats. They want to care about it more. But wrestling very seldom gives them the stats that they would want. Um, AEW has tried to like even keep track of wins and losses, and I think it's it just doesn't work. It, it, yeah, because you can't you can't have a, a league completely dictated by wins and losses because then the stories don't make any sense. You can have a real sport dictated by wins and losses, and then sometimes you know the best stories don't happen, but the best teams win. Yeah, whenever uh, you know, like if, if say the Mets and the Yankees are both in the World Series, like everyone in New York is like, oh yeah, everyone else in the country just doesn't watch the World Series because they don't care. You know, uh, but in, in wrestling, like you have to just put forth whatever will draw the most people, even if one of the guys lost. About- CM Punk around this time when he would do uh, he did a couple of shoot interviews in 2004 and 2005. And he would complain about how fans would complain that he had a poor win loss record in Ring of Honor being like, it doesn't matter. I put people over. It's like, oh, I lost a match. Yeah, I'll lose a match. It's fine. I can overcome that. And then I get yeah. a title match and people are like, but he lost his last day. whatever. Just watch the match. I want to point out one of the great things about Ring of Honor at the time and uh, that you really see if you listen to the commentary and pay attention to what's going on in this match is all the intertwining storylines. Like, they're talking about this whole thing between Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe against the Briscoes. They're talking about how... uh, Danielson's going to wrestle Homicide the next night, who's wrestling Joe that night. There's the whole Steamboat Punk thing, which intersects with Cole Cabana and their feud with the Briscoes. Uh, Apparently at the end of this match, uh, Cabana comes out and he and Punk menace Steamboat, and then the Briscoes come out and run them off. And it was just this cool, you know, more novel-esque sense of wrestling storytelling where there is not just this clear hierarchy where there's, you know, six or eight different feuds that are fairly self-contained, you know, and that are, there's clearly a hierarchy of them where there's the main title feud and then everything else is, you know, less important and there's degrees of importance. Any feud could be the main event at any ring of honor show and any match could happen at any ring of honor show. And if it was a match with two people who are involved in other feuds, all the better. Cause now both of their stories are colliding in this match. And this, this, uh, the, the sole commentator was also the head booker who was explaining all of this to everyone. The whole Gabe time. Zapolsky, yeah, yes. Gabe Zapolsky. And this, I think he was Jimmy Bauer at this point. Yeah. I believe he was calling himself Jimmy Bauer. Um, he's in, 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 uh, full impact pro in Florida. He called himself Matt Pike. Uh, but the um, side note, yeah. uh, many years ago, I saw the uh, legendary Jimmy Bowers band. I hate God. I was there. Sludge Metal Mavens. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I hate God. At CBGB's. Yes, at CBGB's. That. One of the only bands I've ever seen where I was just like, I hope the singer's okay. <laughs> like, I hope he's doing all right. Like, well, God damn. I, and then I, I guess that's his deal. They still tour. Same yeah, guy. I saw them at I think Lucky Thirteen a few years ago, and yeah. they're still great. Yeah. Did, did you still? Did does the singer still have the same energy? Yeah, oh, totally. Like where yeah, he yeah, just yeah. yeah, yeah I was yeah. just like no, I was like yeah. You know, he might live another fifteen I, yeah, twenty I hope, years. I hope so. <laughs> well, I wanted to point out about Ring of Honor's uh, thing there, where you brought up any match could be the main event. This fed into their business model. Like they had only been in a league for about two years at this point, two and a half years. 
and their business model was that they sold every show as a VHS or DVD. So every show had to be uniquely desirable by a wrestling fan, which isn't the case if all of your main events feature the same guy or you have two guys in a program where they main event several shows in a row. But if any match on the card could be the main event, then every show you do can put an emphasis on a different match, which means that every DVD you put out is desirable for a different reason. It worked for a few years, yeah. long enough to launch the careers of a ton of guys. I'd love to watch like a series of Ring of Honor shows with you, Evan. Sure. Uh, it, it's a lot because they're, you know, three hours or more long. They're full shows. Um, well, I will say every everything that I have seen from Ring of Honor, even when I don't like it, mm -hmm. I still think it is interesting and well executed. And I would rather watch than 90 percent of the WWE. I think stuff. if we watch like the whole summer of punk thing, yeah, that might be, yeah. be kind of cool. Starting from the future is now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, the original summer. Of punk. Yeah. The okay. original summer of punk yeah. and Ring of Honor. Uh, pause for a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the original Summer of Punk. Because most wrestling fans think of the Summer of Punk as like, oh, when he won the WWE title and all that. No, a few years Our previous, Summer like, of Punk. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, we went um, to one of those shows, too. We did. Yeah. In Connecticut. Um, Thanks uh, again to Brian's parents for driving us to Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because driving in Connecticut seems like the actual worst. Oh boy! That one, like Connecticut, one that one highway is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, but every like any time we've I've had to drive drive through like Connecticut up to Massachusetts, it's just like a shit show. I don't drive. I sit in the back and let other people drive. Uh, anyone who has ever let me sit in the back while you drive, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, but it's because it seems like the worst thing ever to have to drive through those few states. I um I will say I I don't drive. But uh, I know my, my father, who has spent uh, a huge chunk of his life driving all through southern New England, New York, New Jersey, the whole area, uh, says that the place that he is most afraid of other drivers by a huge margin is Long Island. <laughs> uh, I've heard Jersey on the turnpike. I, I mean, all oh. it's the same people live in yeah. in yeah, North yeah, Jersey true. and and uh, Long Island. And yeah, it's just, the, the, the confluence of hating everyone else and also hating yourself, uh. and so not caring as you drive because you too long for death because you <laughs> live in Montclair. <laughs> Montclair is beautiful. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Evan's never there been are there. He just of, wants to shit on it. There are parts it. of Long Island that are really nice. That are There's really, definitely yeah, worse yeah. parts of Jersey that you can okay. shit on. All right, I'll clear. I'll cut that. I probably won't. Shit. But, um, shit on no, it. No, but I'm saying, like, I'm saying like. Englewood is kind of nice, too. All of. Fecal all of, matter. All of, the, all of the parts of Long Island that don't have people in it are beautiful. <laughs> but everywhere where there's people, uh, yeah. it's the worst. I, Actual um, duty. Yeah. I liked I liked Montauk when I went to Montauk. It's great. Where if you get out where the, the people yeah. aren't. It's the, yeah, the yeah. Hamptons are wonderful if you don't talk to anybody. Yeah, Stranger Things anybody. was almost called Montauk. Though I do love, you know, my, my friends in Look, East Hampton. Um, the, the original, uh, uh, the original <laughs> manuscript was called Montauk. Um, so just a few things I wanted to say about this match moments that I really loved. Mm -hmm. uh, so Punk does the heel thing where he complains that Danielson pulled his hair when he <laughs> didn't. And then Steamboat just pulls Punk's hair and is like, this is what it's like to get your hair pulled, okay? Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was great. Um, uh, there's just a great counter of the cattle mutilation by Danielson. Uh, Punk ca counters it into basically the unprettier. Yeah. Christian's move. That yeah, was pretty awesome. Gets him up and drops him down. Uh, there's one great 
part where uh, Danielson kicks out at two and the camera is right by Punk and he just says, fuck. <laughs> I saw totally that. Yeah, I caught that. He mouths right it. You don't hear it, but you hear you just see. It, you, it was it was audible. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, the the announcer uh, Sapolsky actually picks up on this, and it's funny because it's sort of foreshadowing for later in Danielson's career. Yeah. Danielson is trying to do a superplex on Punk uh, yeah. off the yeah. top, and the crowd starts chanting yes. No, like a dueling chant between factions in the crowd. Though I think most of them were behind Danielson in this they match. They were, yeah. But it was like, yes, no, yes, no, which of course would come to define <laughs> Brian Daniels or Daniel Bryan in the Years WWE. Years later, yeah. Um, oh, you want to move on to AJ Page? Yeah. Sure. So, all right, here's my, here are my thoughts about so this fucking match. Let me match. introduce oh, yes. the match. Yeah. So the match is between AJ Lee and Page on Monday Night Raw, April 7th, 2014, for the Divas title. This is the night after WrestleMania 30, mm. the night after AJ defeated the entire Divas division <laughs> in the Vicky Guerrero Invitational that we talked about uh, in the main feed. So she comes out. She talks about how she defeated the entire roster. She's there with Tamina. Um, she says that, you know, I prove that I'm the hero of this story. I love yeah. that line. I mean, to line. me, she was. <laughs> she, she is the divas division, right? She says she is the divas. Well, first she says she's the greatest diva in history, to which the crowd starts chanting CM Punk, which yeah. I thought was funny. Like, are you trying to say that CM Punk was the greatest diva in history? Because in some way he was. In some ways he was, <laughs> yes. This was fresh after Punk had left, right? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was kind yeah. of a diva move, Punk. Um, yeah, but... it was always stupid shit that AJ had to deal with those chants because yeah. it's like it's like for for the love of God, respect her on her own career. Also, of everybody in the WWE, uh, Punk did release the most slapping dance floor anthems in in the way that a diva would. Uh, uh, yes, I okay, you Paw Patrol. This is a comedy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Celine uh, CM stands for Celine Mariah. Celine Punk. Mariah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that yeah, as as Doc pointed out, uh, AJ says that she is the Divas Division, and then Paige's music plays. Yeah. Paige was the NXT Women's Champion at the time, the first NXT she, Women's Champion. She didn't That's come right. out with the belt, which was. Stupid. Yeah. yeah, she had she was never defeated because this was her debut on the main roster, and she never went back. They eventually took the title away from her, and Charlotte won a tournament yeah. to get it. She, but she, she was back. They had the segment with her walking around the back of NXT with both belts, and like the, the, that's the, right. They came up to her and like, you can't actually be NXT Women's Champion if you're the if you're the if you're the Divas Champion. <laughs> because in this match, yeah. she beats AJ Lee for the Divas title. Yeah. It's a great moment. Uh, it's not that much of a match but well that's yeah, yeah my so my main frustration is that this match is 100 seconds yeah uh really really feels like because that 100 seconds fucking wall-to-wall -wall awesome wrestling oh, yeah. going yep. on in that Fire. it's fucking yeah. awesome the um, finish was a little botchy um yeah. uh page mm -hmm. reverses the black widow into her page turner uh, and the it was the timing was a little bit the off. The timing was a little. But off. AJ still took the big bump on her head, and the crowd sure. was fine with it. Um, the, the, this match is uh, there is a precursor to this match that involves the most fraught nose boop. 
I have ever seen. <laughs> that was when great. when uh, AJ calls Paige the su- the sweetest little crumpet. Yes. Oh and then God. boops her. <laughs> you know what? You know what drove me the most crazy out of anything in this match is right as they're about to start the match, AJ's like, "We're gonna fight," and Paige's like, "Oh, but I'm not ready." I'm like, "Well, you came out to your cued up music in full gear. You sure look ready." <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't really get that yeah. story there. Paige comes out just to congratulate AJ. Like, yeah. come on, I don't in, buy in that shit. Full gear to her theme, and then says she's not ready. Ready for a match because it looks like you came out looking for a fight. Like, have you watched Raw? Yeah. <laughs> the way I wanted to interpret that was like Paige was kind of bluffing because she wanted to coax AJ into putting the title on the yeah, line. Maybe that it's oh, cha- that it's works. a charitable interpretation, but I imagine all British wrestling families and even just any British wrestling gym institution promotion. I imagine all of them to start off as Dickensian, like, orphan collectives, uh, where all of the wrestlers are first taught to pickpocket <laughs> and then, like, slowly grow up in a brutal hierarchy. Like, I don't know. It, Paige, that's that's not too far I, Something about Paige is very, is very specifically, like, Dickensian to me. Like Oliver Twist kind of? Um, yes, absolutely. It's funny you say that because Paige's mother is an incredible... Incredible wrestler. I thought you were about to say Paige's mother is an incredible no, pickpocket. Paige's second generation. Her mom, Soraya, Maybe, yeah. is incredible. Yeah. We saw Soraya wrestle cheerleader Melissa in a cage at Shimmer. Were you there for that, I, Doc? I was, I was not there for uh, that. That no. was WrestleMania weekend. That sounds great. One year. Uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, by then, uh, Soraya, uh, Soraya was already pretty well into her career. Oh, um, yeah. And I think she probably had a little bit more uh, mobility before that but it was still a great match I, I will say to your point though Evan about um, about how most of these British wrestlers have to come up like that you know uh, they, they've held several tournaments or with themes in them the WWE has over the last like five or six years uh, and you know they bring in like the cruiserweight classic where they bring in the best lightweight wrestlers from around the world and they all have their stories of various times in wrestling and like everything they had the the, the two May Young classics where all the women's wrestlers you know unsung heroes through rookies have their stories they had the the UK tournament to introduce their new UK division and it was like 16 guys and it seemingly all of them had exactly the same story which was well I don't know when I by the time I was 12 I was just on the street as a rough and, and you know it's like okay so you're all like hard scrabble I guess I'll fight you know it's, it's a good character I, but there's, not the, a, yeah. there's the Liverpool guys right. and then there's uh, the Birmingham guys <laughs> and they're very much like yeah. like yeah. Um, uh, the Liverpool number one guy uh, Zach Gibson right he's the Beatles and Pete Dunn is fucking Black Sabbath <laughs> right and that's how it is I um I just want to say I really respect Doc I saw you think for one second. Am I going to do an accent? And then you're like, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not. And I respect that. Thank I respect you. That. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I would imagine that what's sad is that a lot of the British wrestlers must die early from black lung from being chimney sweeps. Yes. 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 All the time. Those those dirty, dirty British chimneys. So, so I, I Paige, thought it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Paige, you know, in this match, this is her debut on the main roster. But she started wrestling when she was 14. Paige is 21 in this match. Yeah. Wow. For yeah. the previous. She had been in developmental since she was 18. And the word like. Uh, in like the the wrestling newsletters and so on was everybody 
knew that she was ready for the main roster skill-wise well before they debuted her, but they had had problems in the past debuting 19 or 20-year-olds, putting them on the road and everything. So they were like, we're at least going to wait until she's 21. Not to mention, as a a youth amongst her family, she always had a reputation for being like a a real hellraiser, you know? She has several brothers who apparently always had to like drag her out of the clubs before she either went off with some guy or murdered some guy and because she would do either and so not literally murder them but beat the like got into fights i i said what i said all right and you know she was a fighter and And, she still is a fighter and some of this sordid past unfortunately was revealed to the world at large yeah yeah and and so she what do you say unfortunately smiling there ben you watched it (laughs) so they they, uh they waited for her to be there was a sex tape yeah let's not get too into it backstage somebody somebody like somebody like hacked it and it was like a couple of the guys in her and nobody was punished and everyone was very embarrassed and yeah yeah it's yeah. It's, it's, it's not anything worth delving too hard yeah, into because none of us are judging her but no 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 of course not no yeah. no no that's that's just the modern world uh, uh, but yeah so they waited for her to be 21 and she came out you know like a rocket already you know a seven-year veteran on tv and she basically replaced AJ Lee because this was the end of AJ Lee AJ yeah. retired after this you know the I will say the only issue at all that I had with any of this. I'm glad that as women's wrestling in the WWE grows and gets more time, um, people of varying body types are allowed to wrestle. Yeah. Because I, you get worried watching really skinny people fucking throw themselves at each other. Yeah. And like, both of those, Paige and AJ, both have spinal problems. Paige yeah. had to retire recently at what, 24? Yeah, 24, and like 25. All, like I've had the same, I, I've had kind of the same thought, like some of like the Nakamura matches mm. we've watched where like Shinsuke Nakamura is like fit, but like he seems like thinner and slighter He's than a wiry, lot of the guys yeah. for like a dude who's 6'2". So like, yeah, when you see, when you see the, you know, when you see really skinny ass people like <laughs> slam up against the turnbuckle, there's part of you that just gets, uh, he, that gets worried about them. He, he I, says, he staves off injury by staying flexible by surfing. I can. Yeah. I bet that surfing he, is... He lives like right near yeah. Cocoa Beach, and he says on his days off, he gets up early, he goes to Cocoa Beach, he catches a few waves, he stays limber, you know, that's... I mean, have you ever? Has anybody here ever surfed? I've never surfed. I've never tried never. to. No. Yeah, it I looks... think I, I've gone out on a boogie board a little bit, but yeah, I'm yeah. afraid of the ocean. No, I, oh, the ocean is a terrible place that we <laughs> should stay out of. Uh, let uh, let them do whatever they're doing in there. Don't go in there. Don't take stuff out and eat it. Uh, Giant snaggletooth squids. Yeah, let them be. Let them be in there. One last thing in this match, I thought there was a cool bit of psychology. Uh, in the finish, where even though it was a little, the actual, uh, the Paige Turner coming out of the Black Widow was a little botchy, when AJ has Paige in the Black Widow, she's very careful not to completely wrap her leg around a- around Paige's leg, mm. such that she can't fully lock the hold in, which is what allows Paige to reverse it into the Paige Turner uh. for the finish. Really nice little subtle detail there by AJ Lee. Just the mechanics of it. Right, there's, uh, there's not much yeah. to say about the match itself. Yeah, it was the I, segment, it was the character, it was AJ passing it directly to Paige, and I, that's all great. Uh, Tamina there doing the thing that she's best at, which is standing there looking kind of angry. Yo, I'm pretty sure Tamina only still has a job because she 
knows. Oh, she knows something. What yeah. her dad did. Yeah. And they're keeping her quiet by yeah. giving her this job because it's pretty clear that Jimmy Snuka murdered. Oh, this girl. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Snuka is a straight up murderer. Um, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he was in like a coke rage or something, but he killed her. No, he was only trying to beat his girlfriend. And more important, well, more wow. importantly for now, because uh, Jimmy Snuka is dead, uh, Vince probably covered it up. Wow. <laughs> Well, the same way uh, that uh, we learned, right? We learned recently that um, Hogan covered up for one of his kids when they stone cold Brodericked somebody. Right, right, yeah. yeah. He never was able to cover it up too hard. Like, he wasn't able to cover up the crime as a whole. Yeah. No, he... he was just able to keep Nick out of prison. It's a, it's a dark business. It is. It, really it is. is. Um, um, in case anybody listening isn't familiar with the term, to Broderick somebody. Uh, is when you uh, kill someone in a DUI. You know who could solve all these crimes? The Paw Patrol. They could, <laughs> but only because they abuse the surveillance state. Well, they chase uh, cars, right? <laughs> One other, I will point out, you, you mentioned that Paige was replacing AJ here. Yeah. AJ did last uh, stick around another year. She did. After this. Remember, her and Paige wrestled right, the Bellas at the next the WrestleMania. So I think there might have been... I think there might have been more matches between AJ and Paige after this. Yep. Uh, I don't really have, remember them. You must have pushed it out because it was a Bella's match. Uh, congratulations to them both. Yes. Oh, yes. I, for, I was going to save that for the minisode, but yeah. <laughs> I will say for every every uh, AJ match we've watched, uh, except for the one against the Bellas, uh, I, I wish it was longer. I wish that she got to do more cool shit. It's so obvious when she wrestles what she's capable of. Uh, what she could have done if they hadn't like tried to force her into a box, but you know, yeah, like we said on the, on the main feed episode, I'm fucking really happy that she, you know, broke out of that mold as much as she could. Yeah, I hope maybe she makes a comeback in another three, four, or five years, something it's, like that. It's a hundred percent up to her. We we all know she could. She if she wanted to be on Raw this week, it'd be one phone call. I'd like to yep. see her wrestle Sasha Banks. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool. Oh, I want to see your take on Charlotte. Or yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah that would be a good match the entire, too. The entire women's division, all three of the women's divisions. She's, you know, it's much more conducive to a woman of her skill set right now. I bet she and Becky could have a good promo yeah. war. And it's and uh, she's as well, as well as a great match. She's uh, largely, you know, she's one of the biggest people responsible for moving women's wrestling from point A to point B. Even though we can't point to a million of her she, own classics, she like, proved a woman could be the most over person on the roster. Yeah, when she was doing angles with with the men and barely wrestling, she became like the most over character on the roster. They had to center her because it was I stupid mean, not to. They put her with Dolph Ziggler to help. May, right, ri- make, make his star rise. I mean, we already yeah. knew that a woman could be the most over woman person on the roster, he, uh, heel or face, from Vicky Guerrero yeah. being the most over heel on the roster for like a, a solid couple years there. So the two of them kind of feuding, which led into that yeah. WrestleMania 30 match, was fantastic yeah. television. But Vicky couldn't wrestle was the difference. No, she was purely a character. An no. amazing one. Alrighty. This has been Contesting Wrestling Premium. We appreciate you so much, premium listeners. Thank you. We hope that you enjoy this. Send us money. Uh, send, well, no, they're, yeah, us yeah money. these are the people they're who are already giving us money. Send us more money. Uh, tell your friends to send yeah, us Yeah, that's really yeah. what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, if you have comments, thoughts, corrections, uh, you want to yell at us, 
uh, I guess, if that's your prerogative. You want to um, yell specifically at Evan? And yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, message us we on Twitter. We have a special tier for that. We'll give you his phone number. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah not uh, we'll, his main can, phone number. The doxing tier. He's, he's, he's going to have to open up a separate like Google uh, um, <laughs> Google voice line for yelling. But um, but yeah, at, at ContestingW on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, if you hate me specifically, I'm at Evan Burke, et cetera, but that's fine. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. And remember, stay out of the ocean. <laughs>